0: Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 115. I'm here with Dr. Peter Bernstein, Peter, and I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host. This week, something happened that happens every so often around here. Um, We have so many papers, so many things we've written, and uh, something comes together and Peter finds one that we wrote, Mm -hmm. and he goes, wait a minute. There's really good stuff in here. I want to share some of this on the podcast this week. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened this week. Uh, The article that Peter found was written about a year ago, not too long after the pandemic had hit. And it's called Lessons for Surviving the COVID-19 Pandemic, Finding Hope and Strength in a Time of Crisis. Mm -hmm. And this paper was actually a rewrite of something we put together following the great recession or during it or during it yeah right right. and so i know you found this this week and thought there's really good stuff in here and let's use some of it um what jumped out at you
1: well the first thing that jumped out at me was our last podcast and i don't know if everybody remembers but there was an uh, article by andrew jacobs an editorial and i think it was New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. And he was talking about, I'll be glad to tell you the title of it, because I thought it was right on, Frontline Health Care Workers Aren't Feeling the Summer of Joy. And um, it's a very good article, and we know he's right. Um, And he talked about people are almost celebrating um, the the diminishing of the pandemic-19 crisis, and that his analogy, which I thought was really good, was people are doing a victory dance at the... At the uh, at
0: oh Before the, the ball crosses the end zone yes. or something like that. Yes. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Yeah. their
1: ball is being fumbled. And, you know, I read that thing and I'm listening to it. This guy knows what he's talking about. He's obviously a frontline worker and so are we. And he was saying, we're seeing a reality and living a reality that most people don't. And um, we call it an extraordinary reality.
0: We've talked about that. Some. And
1: he was yeah. talking about that too. And um, we're seeing something else. It's not, everything is not done and over. And now, a week or two later, the headlines p- are filled mm-hmm. with confirming information about what's happening with um, the COVID and the variants. Um, and also talking about the, the,
0: long covid the long right?
1: covid and i've run it boy i've run into it with a good friend of mine from the east coast who was an hospice nurse i love her and she got very sick and i've seen her lately since she has been well gotten well and it broke my heart because she's still it's taken a toll on her hearing her heart her energy her abilities to tolerate and cope were so minimized and this was a a hospice nurse for 28 years.
0: Yeah, the articles have had just a whole range of okay. symptoms for people with long COVID, including difficulty breathing, yeah. pain, and inflammation, and fevers, and loss of taste and smell. She's out all it's of that. It's disturbing. Yeah, disturbing.
1: it was because you know they they have such a, a sweet we have such a sweet long relationship since kindergarten, yeah. but and they came all the way out in their RV to visit me since my wife has passed, and they're just wonderful. And what broke my heart was the rough time they're having. Yeah. And her boyfriend, who I know since kindergarten, yes, um, takes care of her. He also was uh, had a positive COVID test. Never had anything but no symptoms. Oh,
0: sort of an asymptomatic. Version. He took
1: care of her, and he had just finished um, taking care of his long a wife we had been with for many years who died of Alzheimer's. Then he, these two re met at a high school reunion, mm-hmm. and um, they picked up well six months after mm-hmm. it, I guess she got. Very mm-hmm. seriously ill. She was on a ventilator. I think she's at bed. Wow. very sick. But one of the things that strikes me, and I've talked to more people ever since, what are the long range effects and how are things really going for people? And it's not what people's reactions uh, are telling us. We're seeing people very reactive. I made a, a trip across country, uh see my 96 year old mother and whatever, and the people were pouring out of the plane frantically. You'd think they were happy, they were just about screaming they were out of control. And it wasn't all positive and wonderful. There was a lot of negativity, a lot of distrust, Um, but yet the intensity. It was almost like somebody took the lid off. of.
0: The whole population. Compressed, repressed, bottled up stuff.
1: And it's pouring out. So that was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I figured, well, maybe that's because it's Fort Lauderdale and people are coming for vacations, which is true. Then we come home. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we're having the same thing going on here at the Institute. We
0: talked about that last week as well, about the feeling that there's kind of an avalanche of emotional... Symptoms. We've talked about physical symptoms. Now we're talking about some emotional symptoms from what has been going on over the past year. year Yeah,
1: and so you know, it's it's been disturbing, to be honest with you, to see it um, on top of things that we're dealing with in our own lives personally, the death of my precious wife, and we were all there. We all have our burdens here, but this is a a different dimension. And we're in our work. We we're on the front lines. We got to deal with it. Right. And I was surprised to find that what I saw in Fort Lauderdale, it's happening here too.
0: Or have a version here as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I, I, when I found this paper, and you know, I first I'm saying you don't want to be egotistical about it. You've written these papers. Th- these papers are good. And I get a re-education every time I read what we've written. And I do work with others. Jenny works with me on any We all contribute. We work in mm-hmm. teams here. Yep. This is a good paper. And we did write it. At a time when we had to encourage people that were going through the Great Recession, right. and that was a brutal one. And But what we saw there, um, and the phases that people went through, and how it it, it, it stripped so many people materially. Right. Um, and people who have been putting so much of their security and their sense of well-being into money and, and jobs and uh, 401k's and all that and it was stripped away over very quickly. You Homes,
0: those tangibles.
1: The tangibles and I yeah. you know I lost my ranch and lost a lot, but it was amazing. Because we wrote that but well, by the time we wrote this, we saw some other things beginning to happen. We saw people reaching out and the barriers were being stripped away and they were actually caring for each other mm-hmm. with empathy and concern, genuine. Yeah. And it was a that was a really ridiculous re- a touching and redeeming thing to watch, because instead of the emphasis on the tangibles, it was beginning to People emphasize.
0: People were starting to shift to the intangibles. Yes. Yes.
1: And it was a really sweet thing to watch. I gotta say, Miss Wallet. Yeah. I gotta say, that my hope would be that this would happen in this one, and it's not.
0: There is an essential difference, I think, which is that in that time, everyone. Uh, could have had the problem of the financial loss and everyone could pull together. With this one, the threat was between people. I've always felt like people started to see other people as the threat because they might be sick.
1: And, and so it tended
0: yeah. to push people apart.
1: And it's still happening. Uh, that's the astounding thing. The remnants of it are still happening. People are now, because of the new variants, they're going, right, I see it. Mm-hmm. They're going back to distrust. and. Fearfulness. Fearfulness again, yeah, so this is different. This crisis is in the far, I don't think it's, I think it's far from over. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a reminder to all of us um, to focus on what really matters. And in this paper I wrote about the one thing we need to do right off the bat is we need to begin to look at ourselves and tune into ourselves again and and find, see where we actually really are. um, Because that's going to help us develop through the pain through the suffering and struggle and losses our stru- what's truly hopeful what's truly there um, where, where the resilience really does come from but we need to begin to look at ourselves and be yeah. honest with ourselves it's
0: easy to say that and extremely can be extremely hard to do
1: it it is i i think for most people it is really hard to do if they're willing to do it at and to all to be honest to be, be honest with yourself um, we 've seen people honest with themselves, and then they turn against themselves like they 're the worst people in the world that 's not what we 're talking about no. we 're talking about looking at yourself and honestly reevaluating where you 've been what you 've been what you 've really emphasized in your in your values and your priorities um, and if like many, you miss the boat and we 're just just looking at yourselves as being almost immortal, uh more important than your fellow man or whatever and that's very common we're
0: untouchable in yeah. control yeah in control um, all your place everything's in the right place in your life and it's going to stay that way
1: yes we lazily slip into and that's common mm-hmm. um, a certain com- a complacency about i i can do i just do have to do so much but we're all right the way we are and and, and you know we can dabble but we don't have to really turn that uh, turn things upside down well these crises do turn things upside uh down and that's the good part it can be it can be be. a crisis can be very redemptive in the sense of people being forced to look at themselves um, in a more honest way you know we i gotta say we do it i'm not saying it's but that's a choice we've made in our life our calling that we help others, that we give to others, that we're on the front lines with others going through terrible traumas and effect. And the impact of what we've all been through is not over.
0: No, uh, no. no. We, we were talking about that before the podcast about where are we in this and can we start to now talk about coming out of it. And the feeling is no, not yet. Not
1: yet. And when you talk to people that are on the front lines, they are burned out. They are strung out and exhausted from what they've done, and it's not like what everybody else has experienced. So it's a much, and they've had to look at themselves. They've been thrown back on themselves.
0: Let me ask, how, just as if I were out watching and listening, I would say, so how do we do that? How how would you say, how would you describe, uh, how would you look at yourself?
1: How would I look at myself?
0: Or how would you suggest for someone else who says I kind of know what you mean, but could you tell me a little bit more?
1: Yes, and you know, it's I. I somebody asked me a question. A person that's not involved in the work we are they asked me yesterday. They knew my wife. They know she. How much I miss her and I loved her and I'm just grieving. Um, but he, he, it was interesting. He's a cowboy. <laughs> I, my mm-hmm. personal life is a cowboy life. He's
0: got the other side.
1: Yes, and you know what he said. He asked me. He says. So what have you learned so far? From Great
0: question, yeah.
1: And he was asking me a number of questions like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know it was easy for me to answer. It was the answer was to be grateful and appreciative for the little things, and that is one of the things that can come out of all of this is really a greater appreciation for what we do have, and uh, a gratitude to to gain a fulfillment from the littlest things. Mm-hmm. Um, That is the truth for me, and it's going on plenty. The other is the humility, and not a phony performance type. It's humbling to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. And it also makes me more human. And he asked me that, and I said, you know what? That's the way I've wanted it anyway. Mm -hmm. Never mind my PhDs and all of that stuff. It's relating to my fellow human being, man, and have them relate to me. I'm imperfect. Anybody that puts me on a throne, I, t- I do whatever I can to get it, to stop it, um, because I feel that the greatest fulfillment in my life is being a human being, imperfect as I am, um, flawed as I am, burdened as I am. So is everybody to one degree or another, and that people relate to me that way, and I like that. It's to me, it's affirming. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a love of my fellow man. And it's come through going through very hard times, my own as well as helping a lot of other people. I look at that as a great, fulfilling, hopeful thing in life. I used to be a very arrogant, and the way I grew up, very prideful, in Newark, New Jersey, what's talking about defensive. And uh, I was very prideful and tough guy and all that stuff. But you know, this strips you. It doesn't mean that that's all gone away. It's just that I'd rather be humble. And I'd rather people relate to me. And I definitely feel grateful for the little things and appreciative of the little things. I'm not one of those people that was like that before.
0: No, and I'm just thinking when people take a good look at themselves, try to be honest about what they find, you're saying that's not a reason to beat yourself up if you find things about yourself that you're not very happy about. But if you do look inside and you see some things that Concern you? Some flaws or some line spots or some things that you're not happy with? What can you do that's positive and, and constructive?
1: I, I think the, the attitude you have to take is to be truly honest without being self indulgent and self pitying. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, and there's, you in the midst of the pain of the recognition of these things, to also have hope. And people should have hope when they begin to do that, um, because something good will come out of it. And you've gotta know that. You've gotta have that understanding that you can do better. You're going to do better if you handle this thing honestly, with integrity, and not let the things that aren't very important anymore get in the way, and not making those a high priority. It's beginning to align your priorities. It's beginning to focus on really what's important in life and not worry about the other things that really aren't and that may be overemphasized in our society. It's a a waste of good energy and time. I think it's beginning to align your priorities. It's beginning to see yourself, I'll tell you what, with some compassion. And also some acceptance that you are not perfect and you never will be. And you have flaws. Um, (laughs) We have a dark nature, all of us. It's just that we don't want to act it out and hurt other people with it anymore.
0: Right.
1: Um, And we want to be careful about things like that. Here's what I'm seeing out there. People so far, for generally speaking, Mm -hmm. are not reigning themselves in. And there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of conflict and uh, I'm, su- I'm surprised at how bad it is mm-hmm. on such a spread scale. So that's telling me people aren't, I'm generally speaking at this point yet, finding humility and decency and integrity. They're wild,
0: emotionally
1: wild. Yeah. And it's like somebody lifted the lid off their emotion and the emotion is dictating their actions. They'll say, well this is, we've had people say, well you're a psychologist, this is, I'm just showing, I'm expressing my feelings and I go, no you're not. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a normal feeling state. We're talking about emotionality. And all you're doing is tearing the shreds out of other people and feeling justified. And I don't. That certainly isn't going to work with me. And when you do that with me. And it shouldn't be done with anybody. It's an indulgence at other people's
0: expense. So, what happens to the people uh, that you're talking about who have the at least the beginning of an integrity of not wanting to just. Lay lay everything they're feeling out on other people. What can they do to, in a safer, less uh, destructive way, get rid of some of this pent up emotion? Okay, uh,
1: well here, you know, that's our specialty, uh, trauma recovery, and we know how to that the body holds so much of that tension. And I know when my when my wife was alive, we were taking care of years, Everybody around here was on hyper alert, twenty four seven. And it's exhausting but it didn't matter when you have a sense of purpose. But we learn to pay attention to our bodies and the toll that it takes, like caregiver, good caregivers need to learn to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beginning to look at things in a, in a new constructive way. I think there's a path that it will put us on if we have the courage. Sometimes you've got to feel desperate enough to get on this new path of life that is going to involve struggle, is going to involve suffering and pain, but will lead to something so much more fulfilling. Almost like it will make your life what it should, what it should needs to be. It will entail caring for others, I'll tell you that. It will have an an empathy for others. You will be reduced to your own painful humanity, remorse, regret, mistakes, pain, all of that. And yet the difference is you can move through it. Um, if you don't know how to, if you can't do it yourself, then seek some help from some people that can help you. Um, we do here 24-7 at the Institute. I've been, my life and Jenny's life have been dedicated to helping people do this, so it's a pretty intense kind of work. Um, but we're dedicated. Our fulfillment is seeing people get better.
0: Absolutely.
1: And seeing people feel better, and all of a sudden the emotion's out of the way, and it's, the situation is still dire and difficult yet they have a more positive, constructive
0: way. The situation may be the same, but they've changed, and they're more able to deal with it in, in like you said, in a positive, constructive way. And that's, the,
1: that's what will come out of this. Right. You just have to have the courage to get over that hurdle of being honest with yourself, and that's not easy for a lot of people. No, no. So it can lead to some very good things, in life I will attest to, um, I certainly am a man who has gone through a lot of changes in my life, it's doable. I did it with help. I got help, I got mentoring, I got therapy, I got all I needed. I needed to do that. And if you need to do that, reach out.
0: Yeah, let me just say, we're about out of time, why don't you go ahead and, and let people know what you'd like to leave them with today.
1: Well, as we're talking about this, you may not be able to, to do this by yourself. Facing yourself is an ex, what we call an existential challenge, which means, no, it's up to you. You're going to be facing you. Mm-hmm. But we may need help and encouragement along the way, and there's nothing wrong with that. If it's therapy, if it's counseling, um, if it's a group, different kinds of groups, if whatever it takes, reach out. Don't be ashamed and embarrassed. Reach out and get through this. We all will get through this. I want to say that. There's going to be a better day. I know it. And out of it, good things will come. Will it come for everybody? Not. Th- I'll tell you what. My, my cynical side says, we got a long way to go. There's a lot of people that aren't getting this yet. Yeah. I don't know if they will or not. I'm not God. I don't have a crystal ball. But I know things will get better. I know there's hope for a better day. And there's ways of becoming a better person, that you the person you're meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also to have your values in life. Squared away and realize money and um, the security of certain kinds of jobs and investments, that's not going to give you what I'm talking about. They they can help, but we've seen more people hurt by the way they use it rather than help and they wind up being very fragile when it comes to the real challenges. Right. We're talking about the way to get some real resilience, some real strength to deal with life no matter what it throws at you right. and know that you'll make it. So keep the faith guys and don't give up and have the courage to get on this new path before it's too late she's going to sign off. I'm going to
0: sign off. I'm going to say that message is is from my heart too. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you also to Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, sctraumatreatment.org for sponsoring our podcast. Please donate to them and help keep us going here on the air, at our podcast outlets, and on our YouTube channel. Our website is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Please like and share and send us your feedback. I am Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com, 707-781-3335. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you again soon. Can I ask
1: one question? Mm-hmm. Is this paper available to people if they ask for it?
0: You bet. We can send it to you electronically or mail it, either way.
1: I would suggest you get a hold of it. Yeah,
0: episode 115, paper, and it'll be coming your way.
1: Take good care of yourselves.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.